If you're not unlocking the full value of your SaaS, what are you doing? There is no denying it. SaaS is mission critical to your company's growth and success. And as the number two operating expense for most organizations, it's your biggest opportunity to save money and drive efficiency. The time is now to do something about it. Please take this as your personal invitation to join me and your fellow IT, SAM, finance, and procurement leaders at SASME on May 16th, 2023. SASME is the industry's only dedicated SaaS management event where you can sharpen your skills, hear from your peers, and learn how to unlock value and responsible business growth through smarter SaaS management. It's virtual, it's free, and it's going to knock your socks off. Register today at sasme.com. That's S-A-A-S me.com. It's time to get your sassing gear. Are you with me? You have to know who all of your third parties are, and you have to understand where your either customer information is going or your employee information is going. So that's what really makes it difficult. If you don't have a grasp on what these applications are, you really don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. And what you don't want to have is a day when the FBI calls you and says, hey, we found your employee or your customer information out on the web. And your next question is going to be like, well, how did that happen? And then you start digging and digging. You realize, oh, well, it was, a, it was some application that we had no idea about. Hello, hello, and welcome to SaaS Me Unfiltered, the SaaS management podcast. The show with give it to you straight, real life advice from pros knee deep in SaaS every single day. SaaS management superheroes just like you. We're back for another episode of SaaS Me Unfiltered. Really excited to have everyone join us today. I'm Corey Wheeler, co-founder and chief customer officer here at Zylo. I'm very excited to have our next guest joining us, really to provide a, a bit of a different view of SaaS management than we've previously had on the podcast. So this person has more than 17 years of experience with expertise in establishing programs that scale for high growth, leading and executing strategies that strengthen security, reducing risk, while enabling his business to operate efficiently without friction. He's led the building and scaling of information security programs, including product and application security, incident response, security operations and engineering, GRC, and privacy. And he believes that an approach to effective security starts with building people, staying true to the foundations of security and risk, and implementing a pragmatic approach that adapts to business needs. He is the former Deputy Chief Information Security Officer at Expel and currently the Chief Information Security Officer at DeepWatch. With one note that he chose to leverage Zylo again, I had the good fortune of working with him at both of those stops uh, while he's building out his InfoSec team currently. Outside of work, loves mountain biking, loves CrossFit with his partner, and high-speed racing events as well. So everyone, please join me in welcoming David Stoichescu to the show. Hey, David, how are you? 
Very good. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate the introduction. I think you've given me too much credit today. <laughs> well, I, I've known you for a while, so it's probably reflective there. Uh, but we sure are excited to have you on the show. Talk about security, security related to uh, SaaS management, SaaS tooling, all conversations that you and I have had over the years. So... Before we jump into the interview, we'd love to get your take on something. We are calling this segment Hot Takes with Tom. Our colleague, Tom McCorkle, is going to share a, a Zylo point of view and tell us what you think after you've heard that, whether you agree or disagree with it, and uh, what you think about the overall take. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Hot Takes with Tom, a give it to you straight point of view on SaaS management and optimization. Today's hot take is that InfoSec is the superman of your organization and must have a seat at the table when it comes to SaaS management. Sure, on the outside, they seem like your typical Clark Kent, making sure that apps are secure, that you're not leaving a rock unturned when it comes to risk. But then that big, scary event happens. That $10 app you overlooked turns into a $10,000 compliance fine. Or that employee expense tool that you didn't know about has a data breach, which could cost you $9.4 million on average. It's immensely challenging to quantify the value of a robust security process until something happens. You simply can't put a price on peace of mind. So the bottom line, having InfoSec as a stakeholder in your SaaS management program will enable them to save the day before kryptonite strikes. Security can feel a bit like checking a box, but it can be one of the most costly impacts to your business if not prioritized. What's your take on that, David? I 100% agree, especially with the fact that security needs a a seat at the table. However, I would also like to point out and give credit to the IT organization and all of the employees and people throughout the organization that enable the security organization to be Superman. I like that. Yeah, it's a team sport. We're actually going to dig into that here in a little bit. But I fully agree with that. I think everything has to work seamlessly for the overall IT delivery set to be effective inside most organizations. You have seen that more closely than a lot of folks I've worked with as you've built and scaled InfoSec programs. And I guess let's take a quick step back and understand a little bit about that. How did you get into InfoSec? How did this begin? And what are the passions that drove you to get into this field? So my career has started in information technology, and that's really kind of how I got my start working in help desk roles and eventually in engineering roles and consulting roles. I would say the consulting roles that I've had have really been the most exciting because I had an opportunity to touch so many environments and get a lot of experience in a very short period of time, eventually moving into leadership roles. And it's been an awesome journey because I learned a lot along the way. Probably the most uh, important lessons I've learned is, you know, being able to work with others as a part, you know, as, in, instead of, you know, trying to go at it alone. So really kind of making it a team effort, bringing others along for the ride, leveraging automation as much as possible. And don't be afraid of trying something and, and potentially failing and, you know, try to fail, fail quickly if you can help it. Right. But have a safety net in place. My career in cyber really started when I was at Mandiant. If you're not familiar with Mandiant, they are what I consider to be one of our nation's leaders in cybersecurity incident response. And I got to learn a lot about various customer environments and how different CISOs really approached cybersecurity. 
while being at that organization. And it gave me a lot of perspective. However, I continued to be in IT roles for you know the next couple of years after, after Mandiant. And when I had the opportunity to move into a full-time security role, I really wasn't even considering it. It's not something that I thought about, you know, hey, like I really wanted to be a CISO and run security programs, but it was just something that was second nature and it came really easy. Like I understood it very well. And it wasn't until a mentor of mine said, hey, like, I think you're ready for this and I think you should go in this direction. I thought about it and meditated on it. And when it clicked, it clicked. And when I finally got into that role, that security leadership role, I leveraged my background in in information technology to prop up security and to enable security to be a, a very effective program. And I did that by taking down that wall that often exists between information technology and the security organization. Maybe double click on that for me. You had mentioned when we've talked previously that you started doing InfoSec and security work before you were actually in the industry. What do you mean by that? I think every technology team, even if you kind of zoom out a little bit and you look at, uh, for instance, a, a DevOps team, right? So the folks that are writing your code, gone are the days where everyone's slinging code and, and then it go, and it gets tossed over the fence and then somebody has to review it. It's very time consuming. So there's this new methodology, DevSecOps. Really what that means is you're baking security into the development lifecycle of your code and your, your infrastructure. It's ingrained into your developers, into your leaders, and it's something that they're thinking about along the way. It's not something that gets done later. Security is done as a matter of course. Now, the same thing applies to information technology. I think, and and my opinion is that more IT and security teams need to be um, working a lot closer together, if not in the same team or organization so that the IT folks are are almost working on behalf of security and baking security into all of the automations and processes and procedures that they engineer on a daily basis for their employees. That's insightful and it's topical. We had a customer advisory board meeting recently here at Zylo, and one of the number one concerns that came out of that was security. The top of mind focus for a lot of leaders today is certainly on optimization and and scale within their business, but security is at the top of the list of things that they're paying attention to. So before we jump into some of these follow-up questions, tell me a little bit about DeepWatch. What does DeepWatch do today? So quite simply put, DeepWatch gives our customers the ability to focus on the things that matter most to them when it comes to running their security program. We handle what I consider to be the most difficult component of a security program to build and scale which is your your SOC, your Security Operations Center. So we have a host of, of methods and you know, capabilities, things that we've built, where you know, we leverage our platform, we leverage our expertise, our engineering know-how, our efficiencies to take all of the telemetry that you know, any organization might generate, right? From a, from a security perspective, be it your cloud or your email, or your identity and access management. And we withered that down to just the alerts that are actionable, that really need eyes on glass folks to, to investigate. And we have a 24-7 team that investigates those and triages those, those alerts and then works with our customers. And what that does for our customers is it, 
it enables them to focus on, you know, from a security perspective, the things that really matter for them that are specific to their organization. And often it gives their engineering teams the ability to focus on actual engineering than, you know, having to focus on alert triage and uh, looking at dashboards and, and monitoring 24 seven. It's a very difficult thing to do. And it is very easy to get burnt out in those roles. I mean, the average tenure for a SOC analyst is about 24 months. I think it's starting to shorten a bit, but we figured out a way to do this at scale, especially in the, in the enterprise space. And I think we've done a really great job there. That's really interesting. When you look at your role, both at DeepWatch and Prior, where does your passion sit professionally? Is it around security or is it around how you build security, the team, the people, the outcomes? Maybe talk a little bit about the, the passion that you've got in your role today. Sure. I think, listen, building security is exciting. I think there's it's ever evolving. The threats are changing. The technologies are changing. And it's always really interesting to take your team and position them to you know, focus on some sort of strategic outcome, whatever that might be, depending on whatever the gaps you're trying to close or whatever maturity you're trying to attain within your organization. That being said, what I enjoy doing the most is the journey, right? And I think the journey starts with the people. And I look at the people that join the team. And you know, as I hire those individuals, you know, the thing that I care about most is having a shared vision. And for those folks, like if we can share that vision, I think that they're going to be very successful on my team, you know, within the security organization. They're going to be passionate about what they do and they're going to be able to leverage those skills and capabilities well beyond deep watch, right? Into their next role and the role beyond that. I can tell you without any shame that in previous roles, as I was figuring out how to be a great leader, I had always thought that being a great leader meant being able to hire people, retain those people, not have any churn. And, you know, they would continue to work for you the rest of their life. I mean, that's just not reality. That's not how things work. So I think a better way to look at it is, and what I've discovered slowly and painfully throughout the years is, you know, being able to support people really objectively, not necessarily, hey, you know, what can you do for me at my organization? But I think it's a two-way street. You know, being able to help them just as much as as they help you. It's got to be a mutual relationship. So when I have people that are passionate that come work for me and I see them grow and I continue to push them, whether it's through training or mentorship, or maybe it's that next certification that they want and giving them those opportunities, that's what really excites me. It keeps them very engaged and excited. And what does that mean? We deliver a really awesome product and experience for our employees. Yeah, high-performing teams begin with that culture, that commitment from leadership, the shared and aligned vision. I love it. Truer words could not have been spoken. So let's let's pivot a little bit over to you know SaaS and software and the management of it internally from a security perspective. We had the good fortune of starting to work together about five years ago when you really first started to get into looking at software. Uh, how that affects your organization, where the security risks are. Did you have, we love to ask all of our guests, did you have an oh shit moment internally where something was on fire, a problem happened in any of your previous stops that led you to, I need to get my arms around this and figure out what we're doing in a real strategic way? Not necessarily, Corey, under my my purview, but I, what I will say, I've seen those oh shit moments happen with customers or with people that are in my circles. And I think I, whenever I see 
something like that happen, I tried to learn from that experience myself. Like even if something happens in the news or, you know, some article comes out, I'm like, wow, how would, how would I have handled that situation? And I've seen plenty of scenarios where someone acquires some sort of application. Uh, and th- this is, I think it happens in all types of organizations, but it really gets out of hand in the enterprise space because you've got thousands and thousands of employees. So I remember Corey when Xylo was probably like no more than like 15 employees or something, right? Back in the day. And I was thinking about as I was building the the program, because you know, the company that I was at before, I mean, I think we were no more than like 30 employees at the time. And I was already starting to think in the back of my mind, how do we make sure that we don't run into that problem several years from now? Because it's not that difficult to manage the mischief at a small scale when you know all the employees, you know, by name. That's kind of how I approached the problem. And I wanted to develop that relationship early and I wanted to build that muscle early within the organization. And, you know, make sure that we had the various organizational leaders aware of the applications and the spend. And that if there was something unauthorized that was, you know, whether it be marketing or sales, that they had visibility into that and they can do something about it. So that's kind of how I started to think about it. Yeah. Everything begins with visibility. That's how you build out that muscle. You had mentioned to me previously that you knew this was a thing that could go off the rails. What does that mean when you think about things going off the rails that you had learned from other experiences? What are some of those risks that you could see coming? Corey, one of the things that's developed within me over the last decade is just thinking with you know like a, a risk lens. Almost everything that I look at is some sort of risk-based decision. Anything from hiring to you know acquiring some sort of new platform or looking at actual risks within the organization. The thing that I'm concerned about most, and when I say you know shadow IT, what that really means is folks within the organization. Most of the time, it's really intentional that they're just trying to get their job done, acquiring applications, and then putting organizational data right unprotected data within that application. And what that does is it puts that, you know, customer information or corporate information in a system that the security team doesn't know about and hasn't been vetted and hasn't actually gone through a third party vendor risk assessment process. And if you are, you know, SOC 2 or PCI or ISO, you know, 27001 or 701 compliant, those are all things that you need to to do. You're like, you have to have a grasp on your information security. You have to know who all of your third parties are. And you have to understand where your either customer information is going or your employee information is going. So that's what really makes it difficult. If you don't have a grasp on what these applications are, you really don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. And what you don't want to have is a day when the FBI calls you and says, hey, we found your employee or your customer information out on the web. And your next question is going to be like, well, how did that happen? And then you start digging and digging. You realize, oh, well, it was, a, it was some application that we had no idea about. Right. That's it. I think that's a no shit moment for a lot of customers that we talk with. That's the primary layer. I got to stress this, Corey. It's also a very embarrassing when I look at it from my perspective, you know, it's easy to say, well, hey, I didn't know, right? But when somebody reads about it, like in an article, 
it just comes across like, hey, you just don't run a competent program. Right. Clearly, you don't know what you're doing. Right. That's the first thing that people think about. So perception makes and breaks people and companies and reputation. So there's that angle to consider as well. Yeah, you're 100% accurate. And that's every organization out there today. There are very few orgs that truly understand the breadth of every application they're dealing with today. It's a part of the founding story that I've got jumping over to create Xylo six and a half years ago because the organization that I was at, their security team had no idea what applications were out there. And at the time, they were around 30,000 employees. So they had hundreds and hundreds, thousands of applications in use. And they turned and said, this is a big risk for us and we have no idea. So we'd like some processes to be put in place. And they, they assigned that to me. Uh, so that was part of my, hey, if this is a 30,000 employee company problem, then this is something that's pervasive across the industry. David, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. But there's a lot more to cover. So I'd love to keep it going. For all of you listening today, be sure to join us for part two, where we'll be digging deeper into SaaS security, compliance, and governance. Did you enjoy the episode? Pass it along to your friends. Subscribe to get notifications for the latest episode. Share your favorite takeaways and join the conversation on social media using hashtag SASMeUnfiltered. Unfiltered.